Wow, are we having an unbelievably beautiful day today. It's October 11. I'm not sure when it is you'll be hearing this, but it is sunny outside. There's not a cloud in the sky. There's starting to be some stark color in the leaves, and it's going up to 70 degrees. It's, it's just amazing. It looks like we're going to have a couple days like this. I hope that's true of where you are also, but I am very grateful this, this little bit of a break is making a huge difference. Let's have a word of prayer together before I start. Father, we come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, and we ask that you, Holy Spirit, would minister to us, be with us, guide and direct our time, help us to experience you. You are good, Lord. All that you do is good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the things I've noticed in my own life, and I wonder if you've noticed it in your life, is that I can link my feelings about myself, meaning self-worth, self-esteem, my sense of identity, to my own behavior. What I mean by that is if I'm doing well, whatever that might mean, I feel better about myself. And if I'm stumbling on the way, I can feel less generous toward myself. As a matter of fact, I think some of us really begin to experience some degree of self-contempt and a degree of self-rejection. And the question then that begins to roll in my mind is, how does God feel about us? Not about our behavior. I think it's crystal clear <laughs> that when we're choosing to live in ways that are contrary to who we really are in Christ, that that's not a good thing and that our Father wishes we weren't. And he has sent his Holy Spirit to help us learn how to turn away from such behaviors. But but the question that I want to bring to you is not about behavior. It's how does God feel about us as human beings, as his children? Even when our behavior is not necessarily what it should be as a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, I, I use that question to introduce some thoughts that come from Isaiah chapter 62. And I would really pray that somehow we would allow these thoughts to go deep inside of us, especially on those days when we're experiencing a degree of self-contempt. Because I was reading this passage of Scripture, and all of a sudden I realized there are some images in this text regarding God's feelings for us that would be good for us to meditate on and to really consider them. And one of them, it, it talks about God as a builder, and it comes in verse 5, and it says, as a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you, the builder being our father. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. 
Wow, as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I read that and I I really, I had to start thinking back and remembered, you know, 48 years ago almost when Sherry and I, Cheryl, and I got married and that day, how excited I was, how nervous I was, I actually began to throw up a bit. Uh, Not because I didn't want to be with her, just the anticipation. A couple friends that became you know, bridegroom, best man. And then I remember when I was standing up front and she begins to walk down the aisle toward me and the feelings inside of how beautiful she was, how excited, how proud I was. Just knowing that the two of us would now be linked together in marriage forever. I was bursting forth with excitement and joy and certainly with love. And here we are in scripture where God is using that very image to talk about how he views you and how he views me. Think of that, God as the bridegroom standing and he watches us come And he's not focused on our past or future behavior. He's just looking at us as we come to be joined with him. He wants us to capture that thought and see it as important regarding the way he feels about us. That's right, feels. Again, separate your behavior from this right now. It's just about how God feels about you. And there's a passage that comes earlier than that in verse 4. And it it says, you will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hands. You're never going to be called deserted. You're not going to be called desolate. You'll be called Hephzibah. Because the Lord will take delight in you. In you. I have to be honest, I don't think I've ever met a woman named Hepzibah. But it's kind of an exciting name. I did meet a person whose name was Beulah. I remember her very well. But the Bible says your name will be Hepzibah. The land in which you live will be called Beulah. And it means a place of blessing, a place of abundance. And this again is part of how God wants you to know that he sees you. The word Hepzibah actually, it actually means this. My delight is in her. And Beulah means married. Now think of that. You want to know how God feels about you? He has the same feelings about you, man or woman, that a bridegroom would have as he sees his bride. And then it says that he takes great delight in you when he sees you. You know, that's, that's, I've already mentioned this the way I see my wife, but I see my kids that way and always have when I would watch Aaron play sports or my daughters play sports or see them or 
even now, look at them with their families. I, I love being around them. I delight in them. It, it, it doesn't really relate to how they treat me. It doesn't relate to how they're doing. It's just their very being. I like looking at my kids. I like looking at my grandchildren. And this is something that God is wanting to communicate to us. And that we don't want to let our behavior become, if you will, fodder for the evil one to feed on, to convince us that we have no worth, that we have no value. God loves us enough he crossed the universe for us. He sent his son for us. He wants us redeemed. He wants us brought into himself. Hepzibah, my delight is in her. God is saying that about you today. His delight is in you. I believe that when we can capture some of this, it has a positive impact on the way we walk out our Christian life. It causes us to be motivated in the area of our own behavior to say, God, I want want to live in a way consistent with how you see me and who I am in you and what you bring to my life. But this passage of scripture doesn't end there. It actually ends with saying that he wants to give us a new name and that new name would be that we are known as sought after. Sought after. I, I again, I began to go back and we, we, we used to have this little uh, fair every year in our small time. It was the fireman's fair. And they would bring in rides and there would be stands that you could play different games. And it was a big deal in our little town. Not a lot of people, but we would go and people from other towns would come to the Finleyville Fair. At the time, I didn't even know other villages had their own fair. I thought Finleyville Fair was just a huge deal. And I remember once being there with my friends, my teenage friends, when one of them mentioned that, you know, I just saw Cheryl Clark here. Oh, my goodness, Cheryl Clark was, she's not my wife, but man, I, I was over the moon for her. And guess what? I said to my buddies, hey, I'll catch up with you later. And I started looking. I went all around to try to find little groups of people, see if there's anyone that I recognize, see if she was with them, because if she was there, I'm seeking after her because I wanted to be with her. And what God is saying here is that that's the way he is with you. You're sought after. As a matter of fact, that's, if you will, your nickname, sought after. And, and we get pictures of this in scripture. You know, Luke 15 is all about this. A lost sheep being sought after. A lost coin being sought after. A lost son being sought after. And here we have God saying that about you. And he's not seeking you to scold you or to correct you. He's seeking you to be with you. To draw you into his own delight, to let you know how much he cares, 
wow, this is a message I need. Is it a message you need? So many ways in which the world is always telling us that we don't measure up. And there are so many times in which I have to be honest, I stumble in my own behavior. And then I begin to have self-contempt because of it. And here we see in God's word that God who knows when we stumble and skin our knee, when we wander, is still saying, I look at you the way a bridegroom looks at his bride with excitement and delight. You are my Hephzibah, the person in whom I delight. And you are the one I have sought after, crossing a universe to capture your gaze and to be able to say, I have an eternal and everlasting love for you. Isn't this interesting? If someone were to ask the question, who is the one in whom God delights? He suddenly found out, it's you. Surprise me with your presence, subtle and sublime. Unveil your perfect love, calm my scattered mind. You have been faithful, so loving and so kind. Like the rising of the tide, we can run, we can run. Thank you.